It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to nativetalk.net. Audio files are available online at nativetalk.net. If you listen to the whole show today, beginning to end, you'll become the first person to ever do it. And that's something you can brag about to your friends. Unless you're Cliff, and then you don't have any. Be a part of the program by emailing us, podcast at nativetalk.net. And now, your hosts, Cliff and Brandon. Crank it up and set off your airbag. What? Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today on the nativetalk.net radio program. We usually record this, you know, before we post it, but uh, because well, I of think, Brandon. I think that's how reality works is you, you have to record something before you post it. Yeah, I'm talking about like days before, but yeah. Brandon was too lazy to show up yesterday. <laughs> lazy? Laying lazy. in bed all day. You make it sound like I'm some dog in the... No, no. I was helping my kid. I was running around the whole town left and right. I was very busy yesterday. Yeah, we've got uh, Jason joining us as you well. You already heard my voice. Okay, nevtalk.net. That's right. Nevtalk.net. So. <laughs> I, I decided to let him join us today. My, my little son helping out your kids, you know, as you mentioned all right yeah. if you want to be a part of the show you can uh email us podcast at native talk.net you can always make comments through the facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash native talk radio um so have you ever borrowed things from your neighbors brandon oh yes i've borrowed a lawnmower um okay I'm trying to think if there's... I'm looking for there's... the three most borrowed item in the entire United States. Oh, I'm sure From sugar's got to be up there. Or... No. It, what about any kind of cooking supply? Eggs, oil? Tell no. in the world. What? <laughs> okay, fine. I'm s- I, I don't understand what he's talking about. I missed it. Maybe yeah, he said too. they're borrowing a towel in the wind. I don't know. Okay. Uh, tell us, tell <laughs> All right, one of them are pens. Pens? People borrow pens. Yeah, pens really? like to write with. You know, hey, think about school. Hey, can I borrow a pen? Well, yeah, I was always the one being borrowed from because I had a surplus of pens. So We only have used pencils in my school and crayons, but no colored pencils or pens. Well, you know, people are borrowing though them, though. So uh, what, what else? Because it's along that same lines. Pens? Uh-huh. Paper. Uh. <laughs> well, you said the same line. <laughs> same line. Lighters. People How borrowing is that lighters. on the same line as pencils? Especially because for cigarettes. He got yeah, it. Spe- for cigarettes. People who smoke, who still smoke, are still looking for that light. Can you oh, give so, me a light? So basically the theme is things you do in high school. Uh, yeah, but the third <laughs> one isn't. The third one isn't. And you're never going to get it. It's jumper cables. Oh. Oh. 
people. Really? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, battery goes dead. Hey, can I get a jump? You know, it seems like the people that borrow things from other people are very not self-reliant. Exactly wow. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I'm like I I I borrow a lawnmower pretty regularly because mine took a crap about two years ago. So I asked my neighbor, and she was like, "Hey, while you're out," she's kind of an older lady. She's like, "Hey, while you're out there, you know, mowing your lawn, you want to just run it over my lawn too?" And so it you became are like borrowing a, it from her. Yeah, and so it became like a regular because obviously I cut it at the same time, so the grass grew at the same rate. So it just became kind of a regular thing where I borrowed her lawnmower, did both lawns, and then I just never bought another lawnmower. Just worked out. Okay, so that's what that's what you buy most often. All right, we've got borrow. uh, borrow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've got uh, a little bit of listener mail today. Not, not too much about it, but uh, it does have to do with the, um, the little bit of lesson. We talked about, wait, hang on a second, Jason. We did talk about table manners last week, okay? Um, Elliot says, didn't have tables then. Yes. Good point. I, that, you were saying that. Yeah. Like, they're, oh, yeah, they all like- sit around the table on their mats and, and eat their food. And in my head, I'm thinking... Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tammy says traditionally there were no tables. <laughs> yep. They, they used they used the mats. We thank you, Tammy. And George says, how could the natives in the old days have table manners if they didn't even have tables? He, he's got a good point, Cliff. <laughs> and I just want to take this three, moment. Three different people made that point. I want to I want to wow. take this moment to point out Cliff plans the show <laughs> and just kind of I just follow his lead and and if he says there were tables, I figure he must have uncovered some ancient research <laughs> that showed native tables from 7,000 years ago. So uh, I, I just kind of took his word for it, you know, even though in my head, he was like, he, you even explained this little setting where they all like sat around the table and, and sat on top of their mats and put their food on the table. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that was the case, but okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's just a phrase. Okay. I wasn't being literal about table manners. Uh, Gary, when he's, you know, we're doing the little lessons. So Gary is responding to that and says, we need to step back into their time in order to get the full impact. No subtract, no subtractions, no additives. Be who we really are, not forced uh, entryways. Be who we really are, not forced. I don't know what forced entryways are. Like somebody breaking into your house, maybe. I don't know. But or being some pr- f- trying to force yourself to be something you're not, be who you truly are. Don't force your way into something that you aren't truly. Let's go with that. I think <laughs> it makes a lot more sense that way, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> I I do like uh, I do like his point of of getting back to the basics of getting back to who we are. We can't really roll back the clock, but uh, um, you know we can learn about it. And well, and, that's a and good truthfully. Thing. The closest I ever feel to who I truly am is when I'm outside moving with my own feet. You know what I mean? Like, and and that was, that's, I don't know. Like it it seems to be the core of who I am. Like there's something about being outside and being physical that it gets me, it feels, makes me feel like I'm older than I really am. You know, like an old man. No, like, like I'm part of an existence that's continued for time eternal and and 
I'm I, I I and it's the closest I've ever been to it is when I'm outside and listening to nature, moving around with my own legs, and like being away from the world as it is today gets me closer to who I really am. Okay, so that's a way that we can uh, reconnect. You know, get out to nature. I don't, think, right. I don't think people do that as much as they should anymore. I think most of the time people do it when they're forced to, when they have to go work or travel or whatever. And when they're camping, they just want to sit down mostly from what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do, uh, speaking of that, let's do our lesson of the old days for today. I'll let Jason pick. Look at this list, Jason, and tell me from that list, what do you want to uh, talk about? Don't do the crossed out ones. Pick one of the ones okay. that are not crossed out. Talking in the microphone, pal. Okay. Which mm. one do you want to talk about today? It's probably clever cooking because I didn't have a cook cooking cooking supplies back then. You didn't have cooking supplies back then, but they did cook, right? Yes. All right. So let's talk about um, clever cooking. Now, what what kind of stuff do you like to eat, Brandon? Meat. What about you, Jason? What do you like to eat? Uh, fast food. Uh, that's... You, <laughs> like, like bunny rabbits and cheetahs? <laughs> no. That, that food is fast. <laughs> you don't get fast food very often, Jason. Okay. We're talking about, like, what type of food do you like to eat? Like, uh, pasta, bread, mm. meat? Like chicken? Uh, vegetables, <laughs> like avocados? What do you, what do you like eating? Into the microphone, Jason. Uh, he has no answer. Okay. Chicken tenders. Like chicken tenders. Chicken. He likes meat, just like me. All right. Now, yes. as we know, tri uh, we're talking about tribes of the Pacific Northwest specifically, and in each of their <laughs> areas. Specifically. Specifically. <laughs> uh, wait. Um. There you go. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I wish we were in the Pacific Ocean to do this because we said Pacific. <laughs> All right, so in the longhouse, each family was allowed a small fire in their area, which they used to prepare meals inside the longhouse. So it's not like they were, you know, camp cooking out there on the fire. They, uh, they did get to do indoor cooking. And... One of the nice things was there was absolutely enough to eat. A lot of tribes and a lot of peoples um, were always out there searching, but in the Pacific Northwest specifically, they had enough food to go around. That's one of the reasons why they were so rich. Mm -hmm. So without leaving the longhouse to restock, a family could eat and invite guests into their area for weeks without wow. running out of food. They had that wow. much in the storehouses. And that's each family. And that's probably because there's lots of animals in the wild. And I have a question. Um, what? And it's something I've wondered about. What ways did the, did the tribes of the Pacific Northwest preserve their, their food? Preserve their meats, their catch, that sort of thing? Um, I believe that they smoked it. Because that's what I would do, but I, I don't know. You probably... Probably you, what? You put... When you said smoked, I prob you probably already knew this, but I thought it was smoked salmon. That's exactly what it was, smoked salmon. Exactly. Yes! <laughs> I'm right! I'm right! Ah, yes! 
He's very uh, pleased with himself for a guess. That's true. Smoked he set salmon. himself up for a home run. <laughs> <laughs> well, they cooked in a lot of very different and clever ways, and they were uh, very, very good at it. What they would use, same kind of idea that we use today. They would use oil, uh, in their cases, salmon oil, fish oil, whale oil, the mm. same way that we would use that we use butter and salad oil today. And they would broil some of the food over low fires. They baked, they steamed, they boiled their food without using any kinds of pots and pans. Because uh, um, they didn't have pots and pans back then, obviously. So what they would do is they would heat rocks in the fire. When the rocks were hot, they would lift them out and drop them in a thick wooden cedar box or a thickly woven cattail box basket full of wa water and when mm. the rocks cooled they lifted them out and replaced them with new hot rocks they would keep this up until the water boiled so because obviously you're not going to put a uh, wooden box over the fire it's going to burn up so right. this is the way that they would that they can boil food and water for their tea and things like that yes without, and I like tea. without pots and pans that's awesome. Um, sometimes they would use bent wood boxes, which I don't know what that is, but... It's probably wood that's bent. That's what I'm guessing. They don't describe it, so I can only uh, assume that's what it is. They also use them to store clothes and toys, like miniature toy canoes. So, uh, pretty interesting, I think. So, uh, I, I was wondering... Because um, in your description, were you saying that they put the rocks in with their cooking? Like, mm -hmm. would that get ash and 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 like, you know, stuff in the in the water? Uh, okay. Oh, would they get it? Uh, probably, but is it really that big of a deal? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're think about the the ash of a fire, if you're throwing that into your stew, that's gonna carry a taste with it. Uh, maybe, but if you get used to it, like I think of um, when I was in Russia, uh, a common custom that uh, uh, the family that I would spend you know, the New Year's celebration with, right at midnight, you would actually light a piece of paper on fire. You Well, first you write down, like, what your hopes and dreams are for the upcoming year. Then you burn it up in the fire, throw it in your champagne, and drink it down. And that wasn't too bad. So, you know, if you get a little bit of ash in your cooking, is it really that big of a problem? I mean, think about you throw stuff on the grill. You get ashes and charcoal uh, burns on that. Still tastes pretty good when you eat it. Well, no. and, and I would, what are we talking about again? Jason, I, I would, just listen. I would like to see the people cooking it. Uh, then, like, I would like to see it in action so, so I can understand better because in my mind's eye, I'm seeing these rocks. Like, picture just tossing rocks in the bottom of a fire and having them roll around and, you know, get hot. That can't be what they're doing, right? Yeah, they, they especially must have, I don't know. I mean, look, maybe they, uh, maybe they just keep the rocks near the fire and they're... Uh, you know, on an not, elevated surface over yeah, the flame something, or something. Yeah. Something like that. So, I don't I'd know. I'd like to see it in action. I'm curious. I'm going to YouTube this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with more stimulating Native Talk Radio right here at nativetalk.net. Thank you. I can have some tea, finally. Hey, could you please call me a taxi? Okay. You're a taxi. You're listening to nativetalk.net. Now, grab your nets and let's go fishing. 
Hi, this is Cliff. And this is Brandon. And this is the NativeTalk.net radio podcast. The greatest podcast ever produced. Whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. What? what? What do you mean? I'm pretty sure we're not the greatest podcast ever produced. I mean, have you heard of Serial? No. Cracked podcast? No. Or surprisingly awesome? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The NativeTalk.net radio podcast. The greatest podcast ever produced that I have actually listened to. So visit us online at nativetalk.net and tell your friends to download a few shows because, well, apparently we need it. (laughs) Yeah, if you ever want to measure up with podcasts that are actually good, like The Bugle with John Oliver or WTF with Mark Marin or... Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with this person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Art Council. The NativeTalk.net radio program with Cliff and Brandon, number one among people who listen to us all the time. Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. Welcome back to the NativeTalk.net radio podcast. The message line, if you want to uh, join in, is 970-278-5791. Now, um, I got a question for you, uh, Brandon. And I have an answer for you, sir. Well, let's see if you get it right. How many federally recognized tribes are there total? Oh, Christ, dude. I don't even know. I uh, A quarter thousand? Five hundred? I don't know. A quarter thousand. What is that? A quarter of a thousand. Like, like 1,000 divided by four. Like 250? Uh-huh. See how long that took to say? Okay. And then, thousand's and way then, faster. And then you jumped it up to like 500? I doubled it. How are you a native and you don't even know how many tribes there are? How many countries are there in the world? Like 212, I believe. No, it's like 239 and it changes like every month. Okay. You, okay. No, we, there's not even a way for us to track the amount of countries in the actual like world right now. So how are you an earthling and you don't know how many countries there are in the world? It's like 200 something. I knew that. You didn't even know how many tribes there were. I'm sure it's somewhere less than 10,000. Now, there. let's we, let's we both okay. set a number. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's let's see what Jason has to say. Now, Jason, do you know what tribe you belong to? Puyallup. Um He got his question right. Brandon. Yes, I did. What happened yes. to yours? This is rigged. I think this this game is not being played fairly. All right. <laughs> there are 566 tribes. Wow. So close. Uh, not even close. I said the word 500 at some point in my rant. Yeah. Br- yep. uh, Jason was closer. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you know that there are tribes that are recognized by states but not the federal government? I did. I knew. And there are tribes that are not even recognized by states, too. That's right. They're not recognized by anybody. But it doesn't make them any less native. Now, uh, down in Virginia, there are six tribes. The Chickahominy, Eastern Chickahominy, the Upper Mattapony, the Rappahannock, the Monacan, and the Nansemond. All right. 
And uh, many of these tribes, they are recognized by the state of Virginia, but not federally. Okay, but they do include descendants of Pocahontas's Virginia Powhatan tribe. Um, now, these tribes, they have received official recognition from the Commonwealth of Virginia, as I mentioned, but they don't have legal standing or status in direct relationship with the U.S. government. But that is all going to change because the U.S. Senate has sent a bill to the president's desk that would give all six Virginia Native American tribes federal recognition. Wow. That's so, huge. So the the answer will not be 566 for very much longer. Assuming, of course, that President Orange doesn't veto the bill. Well, that is a pretty big assumption. I mean, we all know how much President Trump has supported Native tribes in the past, right? Yeah, this would, be, this would be particularly egregious, though, because this is something that's... Uh, just wait until you hear these numbers, okay? So U.S. Senators Tim Kaine and Mark Warner... Uh, were responsible for securing final passage of the bill called the Thomasina E. Jordan Indian Tribes Virginia Federal Recognition Act of 2017. Well, that's a mouthful. It quite definitely is. Uh, yeah. This is there an version acronym for that. I mean, Jesus. Um, probably, probably Senate bill and a number. <laughs> Not listed in this story, but their version. Their version actually uh, originated in the U.S. House of Representatives. So this is a, a House bill, and it's already passed there and was introduced by Virginia Congressman uh, Rob Whitman, and it passed the House unanimously. Mm. Unanimously. That means every single member of the House of Representatives, Democrat, Republican, Independent, everybody voted for this in May. So if you were to veto this bill... With unanimous support. Then you might be the same guy who grabs women by the p and then runs for presidency and wins. Okay, they're not going to, he's not going to veto this bill. That no, he's insane. never done anything outlandish before, right? Well, yeah, once he signs doing, it. Doing this would be political suicide. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> well, once he signs it, the legislation will grant these tribes federal recognition. Um, I so, hope so. Oh, man, he better. Tim Kaine and Mark Warner worked with both Democratic and Republican colleagues to ensure that this bill made it through to final passage with uh, with full support. OK, and they've been pushing for uh, federal recognition of these particular tribes since the 90s, 1990s, not the 1890s. Could have been either one. <laughs> Senator Kaine says this is a fundamental issue of respect and fairly acknowledging a historical record and a wonderful story of tribes that are living, thriving, and surviving and are a rich part of our um, state heritage. So I think this yeah. is fantastic. There were so many tribes that were displaced or just flat out not recognized, and yet surviving members of the tribes today can trace their lineage directly back, and it's like, and they're still mm -hmm. not getting recognition. It's, it's horrible. And, and I, I hope I, I'm crossing my fingers and my toes that as President Orange, as you call him, recognizes that his hatred for natives what? should not be and put what? on this where bill. Where does that come from? He's mad because they make money where he can't make money. Go listen to his where uh, the bills and that he I'm sorry, I curse. You'll have to bleep that out. But uh, listen to everything that he brought bef way before he ran for presidency and how against native casinos he was because he couldn't get one. 
Like that's where it stems from. He had a pool of money that he wanted to make and natives got it and he didn't. And so now he hates natives. Don't you think that that sounds just a little bit like jealousy? And immaturity? Yeah, I do. I think that's exactly what it sounds like. Well, we're going to see how that how this thing goes, but he had better not veto it, especially with so much support. Otherwise, um, I'm egging a hotel of his. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so once the president signs it, this will allow Virginia's tribes legal standing and will allow them to compete for educational programs and other grants only open to federally recognized tribes. So, you know, we've had that for a while, being able to, uh, you know, apply for uh, grant money. Um, They will be be able to repatriate the remains of their ancestors in a respectful manner. Now, a lot of these remains reside in the Smithsonian, but without federal status, they don't have to return the remains, so they've just been hanging on to them, even though they've been requested. Who cares? You know, you guys aren't a real tribe, so they've been and, hanging on to it. And it's it's the curse of my brain that I learn things, and then over time, if oh, I yeah, don't... what a curse. Yeah, well, no, no, I know, but if I don't keep it refreshed, I just forget it, you know? And so I remember there was a big section of my Native American Histories course that related yes, folks, to Brandon actually took a Native American history course and passed with an A and it was a really really hard class. I was writing like 6 pages of notes double sided, it's like 12 pages of notes and to my to the point where my palm was blue from it running across the ink again and again. I, I had stained hands from how many notes I took in that class. Yeah, and I and I thought you would bring some of that knowledge to the show, but uh and, well, here's a piece <laughs> of it, you jerk. <laughs> anyway, um, they they were there was a big section of the class that was devoted to the the remains and the artifacts that were stolen from tribes and held in American museums until very very recently. Like I can't even remember the year, but I want to say early 1900s. And and it was mm-hmm. only until just then there was laws passed that got some of the stuff back, and they were like irreparably destroyed and stolen many many times to where you never get them back. Yeah, well, now these guys will be able to request their stuff, their people, back from the uh, Smithsonian, so that'll be nice. Now, uh, J- Jason, do you go to the doctor? Yeah, the, uh, a lot of times. The first time I went to one eye doctor, whenever I get the eye drop, it stung so bad, but it only was there for like one or two minutes. Now, do you think, Brent, uh, Jason, do you think it would be a good thing if you didn't get to go to the doctor at all, like even if you're sick? No. What What do you think that would, uh, how do you think you would feel if you were sick and I said, nope, can't go to the doctor? I would probably be like, what, I'm sick. And then a couple of days later, if I, if I have a, I, I soon have super bad allergies, I think I'll sneeze, cough, and even throw up. Okay. Well, the trouble is, is that uh, there are many, many elder tribal members who are st- Jason? Please don't sharpen the pencil while we're recording the show. Okay, just quickly do it. You don't need to sharpen your pencil right now. So there are elder tribal members who need uh, who need access to care, and they're not able to get it. They, uh, they're sick. They need help. Too bad. No health care for you. Boo. Yeah, very boo. So with uh, with federal recognition, these elder members 
will be able to uh, have access to the same Indian Health Services care that we all get. As so, they deserve. As they well deserve. So I think I think that that's just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm excited about that because I've always I, I, I've I felt that that was always a travesty that was still being done. You know, like something that was still wrong from back then that never got fixed. So I'm I'm glad to hear that at least a part of it is on its way to being fixed. Yeah, and, and I hope that this is a, the start of something you know good that it doesn't just stop here. You know what I mean? I agree. So we'll keep our eye on the Thomasina E. Jordan Indian Tribes of Virginia Federal Recognition Act of 2017 for you. Jordan. And I got a dozen eggs ready to go on an airplane, so I'm watching <laughs> it closely. And Jordan is our baby's name. Yes. You heard. That's, yes, that's right. So uh, Thomasina E. Jordan, that's not part of our family. Yes, <laughs> right, especially guys. if she could watch. Thank you, Jason. All right, that yep. will do it for us today. As always, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with more stimulating Native Talk Radio available online at nativetalk.net. The phone number is 970-278-5791. When we hope you'll share the show with your friends. Uh, so have a great day. We'll see you next week. I just want, just don't turn off uh, my like when. Okay, Jason, say goodbye. At least goodbye, nativetalk.net, but okay. don't say goodbye. I don't want to say goodbye to Brandon. All right. Say <laughs> goodbye to Brandon. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Okay. The nativetalk.net radio program with Cliff and Brandon bouncing 1.21 gigawatts of radio goodness off the newly repaired Hubble Space Telescope. Whoops. Now grab your nets and let's go fishing. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.